Friday, November the 19th, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist. Coming up, Belarus backs down over migrants and so does Modi over farmers. First, the world in brief. Belarus cleared camps on its border with Poland that had been home to migrants shipped there to put pressure on the EU. The bloc earlier rejected a proposal advanced by Alexander Lukashenko, Belarus's president, that it take 2,000 of the migrants, mostly from Iraq, while Belarus would send 5,000 home. Meanwhile, Vladimir Putin, Russia's president, and the power behind Mr Lukashenko's throne warned the West not to ignore his country's military, quote, red lines in neighbouring Ukraine. Narendra Modi, India's Prime Minister, said his government would repeal three controversial farm laws amid nationwide, often fatal, farmer protests. The law, which sought to deregulate agriculture markets, were rushed through Parliament in September 2020, although the Supreme Court later stayed their implementation. Mr Modi insisted the laws would help farmers, but admitted the government, quote, couldn't convince a section of farmers despite our best efforts. Deforestation in Brazil's Amazon rainforest reached its highest level since 2006, according to the country's space research agency. IMPE found that 13,235 square kilometres of forest have been lost between August 2020 and July 2021, a 22% increase on the preceding 12 months. Jair Bolsonaro, Brazil's president, pledged to end deforestation by 2030 at the COP26 summit this month. Ford struck an alliance with Global Foundries, a chipmaker headquartered in New York, to develop and manufacture semiconductors in America. Like other car makers, Ford has been constrained by a shortage of chips throughout the pandemic. GM, another auto giant, also said it is pursuing partnerships with various chip makers in anticipation of increased demand for electric and autonomous cars. A new study suggests that the first known person infected with COVID-19 was a vendor at an animal market in Wuhan, reviving the debate over the origins of the virus. The findings, published in Science, may give credence to the theory that the pandemic is the result of a, quote, spillover, when the virus jumps from one species to another, rather than a possible lab leak. A bipartisan group of state attorneys general in America opened a probe into how Meta, the parent company of Facebook and Instagram, encourages children to use the latter. The coalition's decision to investigate the potential psychological harm that may come from using the social media app follows the recent release of internal documents that showed how using Instagram harms the mental health of teenage girls. Cathay Pacific, Hong Kong's flag carrier, fired three pilots who caught COVID-19 while on a layover in Germany. They are suspected of leaving their Frankfurt hotel rooms, a quote, serious breach of requirements. The cases led to 150 Cathay employees, plus family members, being sent to government quarantine centres for 21 days as a precaution. Hong Kong operates one of the world's strictest zero-COVID policies. 
And fact of the day, 75%. The share of French people who said France is, quote, in decline in a recent poll. Bleak, c'est chic. And now, here's today's agenda. Equality or law and order. Elections in Chile. Chileans have much to consider on Sunday. In the first round of the general election, they must pick one of seven presidential candidates, half of the Senate, the whole lower house of Congress, and regional councillors. The presidential frontrunners are Gabriel Boric, a former student leader allied with the Communist Party, and José Antonio Cast, a hard-right populist. If neither gets a majority, a runoff is scheduled for December 19th. Messrs Boric and Cast represent competing visions for Chile's future. Both stem from the popular demand for greater equality and better public services emerging from a massive uprising in October 2019. Mr Boric wants European-like tax and industrial policy to encourage green growth. Mr Cast is pushing a law and order agenda. The protests in 2019 were quelled with the promise of a convention to rewrite the constitution, which will be ongoing during the winner's term. But that democratic experiment has not stopped Chile's politics becoming more polarised, as Sunday's choice shows. Another round. Japanese stimulus. The new Japanese government unveiled a big stimulus package on Friday, It hopes to jumpstart an economic engine that has stalled because of the pandemic. GDP contracted by 3% at an annualised rate in the third quarter, amid disruptions to global supply chains and a summer wave of COVID-19. The new package is worth 56 trillion yen, $490 billion, and includes support for Japan's chip industry, university research, vaccine production and battery technology. Most of the stimulus will go to struggling households and businesses, including cash handouts of 100,000 yen per child to families and wage increases for care workers and nurses. This largesse might do less than hoped. Around 70% of a previous round of cash handouts was saved, not spent. The final outlay may be less than the headline amount indicates as is often the case in Japan. The stimulus will be partly paid for using unspent funds from last year's budget. Tax breaks on Thames. Free ports in Britain. On Friday, Britain embarks on a new policy experiment. Quote, free ports in the Thames, Teesside and Humber are opening. These zones, which are legally outside of the country for customs purposes, offer generous tax breaks for new investors, worth as much as 15-25% to of set-up costs, depending on the type of investment, according to Lewis Atter of KPMG, an accountancy firm. Critics point out that earlier attempts at using tax breaks to foster investment in struggling places have floundered, and that cutting taxes in one location encourages firms to leave others. 
Proponents retort that free ports also simplify customs procedures and that activity shifting from richer to poorer places may be no bad thing. Plus, there are site-specific restrictions on which sectors can receive tax benefits, with favoured industries including low-carbon energy generation in Teesside. None of that quells the fear that free ports are a tax bung for investors who would have moved in anyway. Macron's Challengers French Republicans France's centre-right Republican Party is squeezed between President Emmanuel Macron on one side and noisy anti-immigrant flag wavers on the other. So the five candidates hoping to represent the party in next April's presidential election are having trouble standing out. During their third televised debate on Sunday, they will be hoping to make more of a mark than in the previous two. The three frontrunners are Michel Barnier, the EU's former Brexit negotiator, Xavier Bertrand, the head of the Haute-de-France region, and Valérie Bacrasse, head of the region around Paris. This trio is close to Mr Macron on economic policy, but strays rightward on immigration. Polls suggest Mr Bertrand will do best next April. But only party members, who tend to be more right-wing than voters, elect their nominee. Hence, Mr Barnier is adopting a hard stance on immigration, despite defending freedom of movement within the EU. Footnotes Our technology editor on the Metaverse The Metaverse, a sort of immersive sequel to text and picture-based internet, has been anointed as Silicon Valley's latest next big thing. Does it deserve the hype? Tim Cross, our technology editor, argues that there are good reasons to take the metaverse seriously. The term, quote, metaverse, was coined by Neil Stevenson, a science fiction author, in his 1992 cyberpunk novel, Snow Crash. It describes an immersive, networked virtual reality where people can engage in a range of activities only bound by the imagination of their designers. Three decades later, such a fully formed metaverse remains a long way off. Yet its potential, both in popularity and profit, has gripped video game firms and tech giants. Matthew Ball, a venture capitalist, published a nine-part series about everything metaverse-related. For those not quite ready to delve into the intricacies of hardware and user behaviour, Tim recommends beginning with the series' foreword, it guides readers through the evolution of all this in an easily digestible framework. Mr. Bull spoke as a guest on the podcast Building the Open Metaverse by Patrick Cozy, the head of Cesium, a startup that maps cities and landscapes, and Mark Petit of Epic Games, a video games developer. That episode tackles the not so simple question of what the metaverse is. For analysis from Tim, follow him on Twitter. Finally, here's the quote of the day from Larry King, who was born on this day in 1933. I never learned anything while I was talking. That's it from the Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. 
You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app, or by asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening.